the people who make New York what it is, I feel like a lot of them are from NYCHA. Like if you take away NYCHA and you take away the space for people, especially when it's majority people of color, you're taking away a lot of diversity in the city. And that's a huge problem. New York isn't what it is without its diversity. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. The New York City Housing Authority, or NYCHA, provides public housing across New York City. The organization was founded in 1934 with the goal of helping low- and mid-income New Yorkers get access to decent and affordable homes. Today, more than 500,000 people live in NYCHA's public housing developments, and while these apartments may be less expensive than other housing options in New York City, residents argue that living conditions are poor and repairs are often slow or non-existent. Some say the solution to these problems is privatization, so in 2016, NYCHA began leasing their apartments to private companies in exchange for funding as a part of their Permanent Affordability Commitment Together, or PACT, program. And last month, Governor Kathy Hochul took another step towards privatization when she signed new legislation establishing the New York City Public Housing Preservation Trust. She claimed it would, quote, pave the way for overdue repair, rehabilitation, and modernization. But NYCHA residents are concerned. In other cities across the country, privatization of public housing has led to evictions and less accountability. Today, I'm talking to Epicenter's Angelina Nelson, who has been a NYCHA resident for 20 years. On July 14th, she joined her neighbors to protest the privatization of their homes. So I'm Angelina Nelson, and I am an intern for Epicenter, and I'm also a NYCHA resident. So I chose to cover NYCHA because I've been living with a lot of problems and repairs that haven't been done for years. And it's been like this for 20 years for me. That's how long I've been resident. And I just want to fix the problem for myself and the people around me because no one deserves to live like that. And can you tell me a little bit more about background on the protests? Like what were people protesting against? Can you give us a little bit more background? The protest was against NYCHA becoming private. And the thing that was mentioned the most was how the buildings are being leased to private developers. And I feel like that was the overall problem. And people didn't want that because they've seen a rise in evictions. The repairs still haven't been done. And it just feels like nothing has changed from when NYCHA was in management. And then I had asked about the housing trust and The answer was generally, it's all the same. Like, we don't want any of it. We just want to see repairs. So just to be clear, the protest was about NYCHA being privatized. And because it's privatized, a lot of people are being evicted. And the people who are still living there just have not gotten any repairs done. And they're still living in, like, bad conditions. Um, So there was one report that said that people, I forgot what development it was, but it was in Brooklyn. And there were just a slight increase in the evictions after that building became privatized. And that kind of sparked the worry in, in a lot of people because we're seeing this in a bunch of developments. And that was like their biggest, like one of their biggest pieces of, of evidence. And why is this issue important to both New Yorkers who live in NYCHA housing and those who don't? The people who make New York what it is. I feel like a lot of them are from NYCHA. Like if you take away NYCHA and you take away the space for people, especially when it's majority 
people of color, you're taking away a lot of diversity in the city. And that's, that's a huge problem. New York isn't what it is without its diversity. I know you were talking about how a lot of people were saying that there's not a lot of repairs and things like that done in the buildings. Did you also experience things like that when you were living in NYCHA housing? So I've experienced it my entire life. There's specifically two walls in my apartment that constantly bubble up from water being in the walls because my neighbor above me constantly floods her apartment. I'm not sure how she does it, but she floods her apartment. And when they, when housing or whoever comes at this point, because it's no longer NYCHA, who's coming and do the repairs, when they come to knock on her door, she doesn't answer. So the problem is just ongoing. I myself, I've gotten like the huge machine from Home Depot to smoothen out the wall. And I've done it myself just for it to just bubble back up again. So that's been one of the hugest problems. It's also just been a problem with the building in general. Like the staircases are never cleaned properly. The incinerator is always broken. Our water recently has just been getting cut off. So we haven't had a hot water on random days. So I've experienced that my entire life, which makes me think that there's definitely a lot more people experience, experiencing it. And not everyone has the money to do the repairs themselves too. So, yeah. And why was it important for people to protest? Why maybe not selling a petition or posting on social media? Like why protest? I feel like social media is easy to just brush off, in my opinion. A lot of the time when you see coverage on something on social media and you see a bunch of people posting their infographics, that kind of like momentum just dies off at some point. I feel like with protesting, you have a lot more opportunity not only to get coverage from other people and other people seeing you at the protest, but it's just, you can have like people from NYCHA come speak for an audience. And that's not something you can really get with the petition. Can you tell me um, more about the people you spoke with at the protest? Like what were their thoughts? What were they seeing? Yeah. So um, the first person I spoke with was Tyra. She is a resident at the Manhattanville houses And she honestly, she kind of feels the same way that I do in the way that NYCHA kind of just, when they do their repairs or the private company that comes to do the repairs now, it's kind of just putting a bandaid over it. I am here to give my voice on privatization, stand in the fight against privatization. And how has this process been for you? Depressing, very depressing sleepless nights just thinking of what could be fear of the unknown mainly uncertain i've been there for 26 years and i'm not sure if it's it's going to be better for us or better for them and and the way i feel the way that they're handling it i i'm more on the side that it's going to be better for them we should have been at the table making the decisions, saying no if we don't or yes if we do. But we don't have a choice. We have to sign on after pack a nightshare, make all decisions. And then I spoke to Brenda, whose main concern was um, mothers with children and then the elderly, because it's like, These are people who 
one, the elderly can't come out and protest. They can't come and stand for hours. So they don't have an opportunity to use their voice as much. And then mothers with children or parents in general. My mom, personally, she spends most of her time working just so she can afford rent. So those are people who can't really take the time to take a stand to really figure out what's going on with Nitro becoming private. I'm here to stop the privatization of any New York City Housing Authority. They have already targeted mines, which is Manhattanville. And I'm out here basically for the elderly and the young women. I mean, I have 60 years in Manhattanville. I feel it might be time for me to let somebody else have another 60 years in there. But until then, I'm going to fight and help as much as I can, especially these elderly and these young women with not just one, but two and three kids when housing is supposed to be affordable housing for people. You know, they're taking our money, they're not doing repairs, and that's what makes Nyjah bad right now because they're not doing the repairs. And what little bit of repairs they are doing, it's just patches, like a Band-Aid. I got a boo-boo, I put a Band-Aid. But other than that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm out here today. Also, I spoke to Ryan who he's with the United Front Against Displacement. And he doesn't live in NYCHA, but he's very passionate about the issue. He's one of like the main points of contact for the organization. He was telling me how he got all the residents on a bus, which I think is amazing just because, you know, the trains taking Ubers, especially for some of the Manhattanville residents, because they weren't exactly like young. I want to say like 50s, 60s, people who don't want to walk all day. I think that's something that just needs to be brought up. And then I think he's important because he's someone who doesn't live in NYCHA and is still passionate about the issue. So just having empathy for the people who are going through this change and NYCHA becoming private is something that other people need to have too. So I'm here uh, to fight against the privatization of public housing and to in particular oppose Eric Adams' role in this. Now he's not the only architect but he's an agent of corporate power and he's been aggressively pursuing this privatization agenda. By privatization, I mean, of course, the privatization of NYCHA, which threatens to make hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers homeless in the short term. I mean, basically, you have a situation right now in NYCHA that's not good for most tenants. There's lack of repairs, there's constant harassment from management, there's neglect, there's sometimes dealers and violence, and the homeless people come into the buildings and they need help, but they don't get it, so then they end up doing drugs in the buildings, and NYCHA doesn't do anything about that to keep people safe, people get attacked. But if you could imagine everything getting worse, that's what privatization brings with it. You've got slumlords who come in and take over. They do terrible, shoddy repairs. Most NYCHA developments have mold, asbestos, lead paint, not to mention rats, rodents, etc. When these slumlords come in, they do such bad repairs, they spread the lead dust everywhere, everyone gets sick, they spread the mold, then they get huge subsidies, which is our money from taxes going to them, they build the cheapest stuff that falls apart real quick, they displace a bunch of people in the process, they promise, NYCHA promises everyone who's in good standing has a right to return. But that in good standing thing is very broad. If you've got rent in arrears, but also if you have noise complaints, even from a long time ago, maybe you got a record, or NYCHA can just make stuff up as they've done. So in most places, most people get screwed over by the privatization, lose their house and home, lose their neighborhood, 
And then not to mention, they're aggressively targeting the develop areas around the developments that are being privatized for gentrification, which means the churches, the community centers, the businesses, everything that's been a staple of people's community gets attacked in the process of privatization. So it's even bigger than NYCHA. When I was growing up, it was something that I hid because a lot of the time, if you live in NYCHA, you get called ghetto, you get called dirty, like you get called all these horrible things. And residents of NYCHA are people too. Like the buildings aren't the nicest, but there's just a huge stereotype that people from NYCHA are just overall bad. And there's like a lack of motivation from them. And I think that's the biggest change that we need from other New Yorkers because it's not fair. Like we have literal NYCHA residents fighting for their repairs in their buildings. So all these negative things are just not true. And I feel like that's something that just needs to be dropped. And what do NYCHA residents need right now? Definitely repairs. Uh, there's that huge $40 billion repair ticket for all the, the buildings in the city. And then I guess just to be heard, I don't think NYCHA residents have had much of a say even outside of NYCHA becoming private in what happens to their buildings. It's just like, oh, will they come do our repairs? Like, there's only like the communication is one way. It, we're just kind of being told what's happening and not being asked, oh, what do you need? How can New Yorkers effectively help those who live in NYCHA housing? Other than, I guess, dropping the stereotype, just being aware. Like, while NYCHA residents also have to know what's going on, I feel like this is something that everyone should know about because it's something that'll change the city drastically if it goes away that that UFAD from the protests thinks it'll go and we like lose affordable housing, New York is changing in a drastic way. We're losing a, a lot of diversity if we lose public housing in the city. So just staying educated. To learn more about how and why New Yorkers are fighting against the privatization of NYCHA housing, keep an eye out for Angelina's story in our newsletter. You can also visit the United Front Against Displacement website, which we've linked to in our show notes. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.